In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us this evening. Tonight, I'm going to start with a little follow-up to last week's show. I had a number of people um, ask me, Lou, can you tell me what you mean by, you know, um, the dress things up or changing things? Because my, my comment was when I was speaking of, in last week's show, the entrepreneurial tips and the best ideas, one of the things that happens, particularly in the area of sexuality education, one has to be very aware especially as a woman, of how you present and how you dress, whether you're dealing with the media or whether you're standing on, you know, behind a podium. And two of the things I will tell you is, listen, do not think that you have to look like someone walking across the stage at an event or being interviewed by David Letterman. Your job is not to look like, you know, you're the most current fashion thing. Your job at that point is to deliver information. And so go and get some classics, something that you're going to feel good in and something that presents you currently. Because I'll tell you, if your clothes look out of date, it doesn't matter how well you present, people are going to think your information's out of date. So if you're presenting to a group of people that would wear a sensible pearl stud, wear a pearl stud. If not, check it up a little bit and wear one interesting accessorized piece. Maybe something from Kenneth J. Lane. Maybe something from, you know, go and find a piece that says, I know about clothes, I know as a woman, but I'm here to present information. And the other thing is, wear something that has more of a conservative look. People are expecting women in the area who speak about sexuality to dress a particular way. That's a mindset assumption. So part of our job is to not maintain that mindset assumption. So that's my kind of follow-up on the things from last week. And tonight I would like to introduce my guest who has been a long-term friend and colleague, Dr. Patty Britton, and she is a Ph.D. and a Master's in Public Health and numerous other letters after her name. But the most important thing, then, the reason I wanted to talk to Patty is twofold. She has a history of awareness of the field from two standpoints. She has watched it grow 
over a period of time. And secondly, she is the past president of ASEC, American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. And that is the largest certifying body for sex educators, counselors, and therapists that we have worldwide. And the ASEC National Conference was just held last week in Austin, Texas. I was unfortunately not able to be there. So Patty was, and we're going to be covering some of those things in the beginning of the show, and then we're going to talk about the changes that we have both seen and how she has changed her own practice and created another way of supporting learning and creating another business model. So, Patty, I believe you are on with me. Hi, Lou. Hello. Hello. Hello, honey. It's so fabulous to have you back on the show. It's been over a year. And I was your very first show guest. You were. (laughs) (laughs) Not wanting to sound like Marissa Tomei, but you were. (laughs) You were, yes, and I'm back. And I just wanted to comment and piggyback on what you were saying at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. which is um, so funny because in my book, The Art of Sex Coaching, I talk a lot about sexual patterns and how there are parts of our sexuality that people come seeking help to get rid of and you don't get rid of them. And how when we work with couples or clients individually, we're always looking at their patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And I always use this great quote from T. Harv Eker, and it's, how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's so true about how you dress and, you know, that, that kind of looking at the package gives people a sense of what's inside. So you're, you're right on target with what you were talking about. Well, thank you, my dear, because I know I have listened sometimes to people's information and what I do know about clothing and how people present, they usually wear what the clothes are from the time they felt most powerful. Interesting. Huh. You know? So if they felt they were most powerful and most appealing when they were in high school... Watch them wear the. Swear to God, watch them wear the same hairdo. <laughs> and the same thing if some if someone thought they looked their best in the eighties, they're going to still have the eighties look. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> but, you know. So, anyways, you you know. But again, that's also how people present themselves. You know, as you and I both know, people often get stuck in certain sexual patterns of a certain time when they felt they were having, you know, the best, and they never changed from that. Oh, that's so true. There were so many presentations at the conference on what do we do with the sexless couple, the uneven desire couple, the couple who are dissatisfied, the couples who are almost DOA, dead on arrival when they show up in our offices. And it was such a panoply of different perspectives and approaches Mm -hmm. for treating the client, it was it was mind expansive and and really exhausting at the same time. But I'm now, were there covering. right? Were there any? Because here's the thing, you know, it's like you can again. Let's talk about the responsibility factor. You know, the the you know the private club that I'm part of. One of the number one things they talk about is you the five second miracle. Take full responsibility for your own life and decisions. So what are these couples doing to take responsibility for what's happening with their decisions? What are they doing? 
Well, I think that what happens in a lot of bedrooms in America and probably globally today and in westernized civilization is that people don't – this is what strikes me is that people are able to be intimate at a physical level, but they're really not able to be intimate at a communication level. And their bodies can meld, but they can't open their mouths to talk about it. So if you can do sex, people assume that's enough. And really, you and I know as educators that we need to enable people to learn to know themselves. What do I want? What do I need? And to learn how to effectively communicate that to a partner and find in some ways the ecstatic compromise. That's an interesting blending of words. <laughs> I'm going to ask for definitions. <laughs> you better put that one in your in your uh, you know your lexicon. But an ecstatic compromise is really what I think couples are seeking because people are different and people change as they age or as they age in a relationship or as a relationship ages. And also, there are times when someone is more interested in A and the other partner is interested in B, and people become bored over time. That is actually the biological design, mm-hmm. is that we're all lusty in the beginning of a relationship for attraction purposes so that we can select a mate with quotes around it, and biologically we're wired to stay so mm-hmm. that we form that monogamous pair bond in order to raise the children and propagate the species. That's the norm. That's the way we're designed as biological creatures. Then we find that we're actually expecting ourselves to maintain that desire and that fire over the long haul, and we're not wired for that, and we're not wired to deal with the elongated lifespan that we're all facing today. Thank, Correct. thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is... Um, over 80 years, if you average it out for males and females. And lately, I have many friends who are in the anti-aging industries, and I'm hearing 130 is going to be the new life expectancy for women of our age, and I'm going, oh, my God, 130. (laughs) (laughs) That is a long way from now. Um, So, you know, we're living in an era kind of getting to what what the trends are today and what I learned at the conference is mm-hmm. we're looking at trends in the field of sexual health and sexual well-being and we have all of the medical technology you know we see that anyone who watches television today is so aware of the push by the pharma industry meaning that drugs are the answer to so many things and and in some ways that's true in that mm-hmm. You know, we're sustaining and maintaining lifelong positions around illnesses that used to kill people very early on, such as cancers or heart disease, et cetera. And now we're seeing there are pills that are targeted to specific genetic markers or specific cells. I mean, we have so many smart drugs today in medicine. And at the same time, we, we tend to look at that as a quick fix. And when we look at sexuality, I think the biggest takeaway message for me is that the medicalization of everything, of health, um, has its positives, but it also doesn't address the whole person. And that's really why sexuality education and counseling and therapy is so important, because it allows us to embrace it all. And I can talk more about different 
people who presented and some of the findings that came out. It was a really interesting mixed conference. Well, you know, I remember, and we have about one one minute until we have our first break. When I looked at the the range of the different subject, it looked like it had, you know, more, as we would say, more beef and more meat in it than I've seen in a while. And yet there are still the things of how do we fix stuff rather than here are the new findings, these are the positive things. It's like, you know, do we put Band-Aids on things? What do we do? And I completely agree with you about the, the medicalization. And... You know the, and here's the other thing. Just because you have that genetic marker, might I point out statistically, they may not mean that that's anything to you. A statistician may have cooked that up. So <laughs> on that on that happy note, we're coming to the tunes. My guest is Dr. Patty Britton. We'll be right back after this. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on TogiNet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. 
Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Patty Britton, who, in addition to being the former president of ASEC, the you know, major certifying body that I am a certified sex educator with ASEC, she also, in as I said at the top of the show, also has created a new um, business model within the area of sexuality education and sexuality counseling, and that is sex coach you. So, Patty, please explain why and how this got created. Well, I'm very excited about this, and I'm very proud of it, although pride is not usually a characteristic that I I like to talk about. But, you know, it was really at the very beginning after I earned my doctorate in 1993 that I was searching for how I wanted to work with clients in a private practice. And I, I just found that traditional sex therapy and, and the, the training that I had had that prepared me to work with clients just didn't cook for me, didn't sizzle. And at the time, I was in love with Thomas Leonard's work with Coach University and the coaching model because it's all about what I believe in as my values, which is empowering people to have the dreams they want. And if we can help people find their true life purpose, why can't we help them self-actualize as a sexual being? Mm-hmm. So. I married the field of life coaching and the field of sexology or the study of human sexual behavior and founded sex coaching along with some other colleagues who also call themselves um, founders of sex coaching from a different perspective, such as Dr. Betty Dodson. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, you know, I'm going to put together what I know as the how of coaching, which is so it's quick, it's fast-paced, it's personally directed, personalized education, it's interactive, it's cooperative, it's fun, it's I can meet one of my clients and take them to shop for that vibrator they're looking for rather than just talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like a more dynamic approach to integrating what I already knew as a sexologist about helping people unlock what stops them sexually from having ideally what it is they're wanting as a goal or as a result or a dream for their sexual expression. Mm-hmm. So in um, in the in the year 2006, uh, with some partners and my own life partner, Dr. Robert Dunlap. I co-founded an institute and two years ago took it over with my partner, Robert, and founded Sex Coach University, which is sexcoachu.com. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. It's taking my book, The Art of Sex Coaching, from Norton & Company, and literally bringing it to life in an intensive 300-hour training program so that people no longer need to be pathologized or need to bring themselves to seek help to overcome their difficulties and face what in the traditional mode is looked at as mental health disorders, but rather give people the tools and the techniques and the resources, much as you do, Lou, as a great sexuality educator and a great thinker and leader and change agent, as we all are in this day, to help people identify what's stopping you, where does this come from, and let's get you to your goals. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, and let's not have you be, you know, excuse me, let's not set up an annuity for you to have to be in therapy. Thank you. You know, it's telling. So many of my clients are in or have been failed by therapy because most psychologists, and most psychotherapists have zero to 10 hours max 
training in human sexuality. And as a sex coach, I'm training specialists around the world. And right now we have about 60 active students, but Mm -hmm. certainly we've had hundreds of people who've taken our courses. But right now our student body is about 60 enrolled active students pursuing their certification through us in 14 different countries. It is so vital and growing today. And the idea of sex coaching is you don't have to be a trained medical professional, but rather than just hanging a shingle and risking what I call the Humpty Dumpty effect, which is someone with no background, no training, no skills, no quality control, mm-hmm. is going to say, oh, I've had sex with thousands of people. I can help this person. Or everybody sees me as their best friend. I can talk to anybody about sex. Uh-uh. No, you no, need we... to be trained, and you need to have the credentialing so that it is quality that you offer and it's not a Humpty Dumpty situation where Mary Lou or John comes in to see you, you crack open the egg and they spill all over and you go, I don't know what to do with you. Right? <laughs> no, and that I'm going, you know, no wonder you call it Humpty Dumpty. And yes. that's what, and thank you for that because, and the comments about the, we know that there are many people out there who feel comfortable talking about sexuality. But the important thing is when you're supposed to be helping people, you're supposed to be helping them not talk about yourself. Absolutely. And you need skills. That is the, the reason. It's like any speaker is the best job that a speaker is to do is to give something to the people. If the speaker is talking about themselves and not for them, get that speaker off the stage. I totally agree. I, I I always coach my trainees, and I do professional trainings outside of Sex Coach U as well through my new institute, the Institute for Sexual Self-Realization, because I think that's the journey we're all on anyway, is to self-actualize or self-realize as a person, as a sexual being. And Sex Coach U is such a wonderful umbrella under which people who really want to work in that coaching modality can get the training to get a sense of community. And, and I, I'm just, I could, I could shed a tear for how touched I am by the high quality of people who are drawn to our Sex Coach U. It's people who already are full vessels, people who come from all kinds of backgrounds, medical professionals. We have holistic nurses. We have people who are seasoned and even certified body workers and coaches and therapists and medical physicians and, and but they know ministers. that this is, but, yeah but they know that this is going to give them a, another facet of their ability to be a, a better service for people absolutely and you know there are people who are going to be sex coaching Specialists, and that's really what they do in a private practice, in workshops, online, as bloggers, as DVD hosts, like you and I are, for example. Mm-hmm. But there are also people who want to have a skill base and a way of being with a client, a way that allows them to best and more efficiently and effectively serve that client without right. having to pathologize them. That's what my gripe is about the field of therapy. It's a depathologizing approach to use it as a coach as opposed to the DSM and having to call someone ill. Yeah, and thank you again. For me, when I first started my presentations, I mean, my 
the umbrella of attitude that I had is that the information had to be accurate, so I had to be able to verify it either scientifically or anecdotally, meaning it didn't just come from, you know, one person. Secondly, it had to be something that worked. Please, it has to work. (laughs) Don't tell me something that doesn't work. And thirdly, it had to make people feel good because there's enough stuff in this area that doesn't. And I just, I had a meeting um, earlier today with two gentlemen and another woman who is, um, uh, Pamela McKee is with Papaya Toys, which are an outstanding product, by the way, if you haven't seen them. And they, and Papaya comes from the attitude of the gentleman who founded it, that these toys have to be something, you know, that people have tried, that they actually work. And... One of the things that I know in the area of just talking about toys, in addition to some forms, you know, how some people are dealing with therapy for, you know, people dealing with issues with sexuality and intimacy, the toys are not good toys. They aren't designed well. I mean, you and I both know that the good majority of the toys that are out there are absolute garbage. Well, and also as some of my friends who run an incredible sexuality boutique that I take clients to sometimes Mm -hmm. for their own personal shopping and educational experience, and I take all of my grad students and trainees too, what I I hear and what I love is safety and health. Those are the first and most prominent issues. Efficacy, Mm -hmm. does it really bring you to orgasm? Does it really get you wet and keep you wet? Those kind of issues. But also that these are really investments in appliances. And their enhancement. And sometimes just bringing the art of playfulness into the bedroom means literally bringing in a toy <laughs> that works, that, that does the job, and that isn't going to harm you with harmful chemicals or uh, dry you out so that you think you're using a lube that's satisfying and going to be working for you. And, in fact, it becomes tacky or it dries you out and you're wondering why it's an ouch instead of an ah going on. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, so, where, so, so where do you, can you tell me where you take them? Freddie and Eddie. FreddieandEddie.com is the website, and Freddie mm-hmm. and Eddie Boutique is um, in Los Angeles. And um, and actually, isn't it in think, Venice now? No, where it's is it? In Mar, yes, in the marina. I was okay. say Mar Vista, mm-hmm. um, near Venice, near Venice Beach. It's a really cool location. But actually, they're moving. They're about. They just sold the building, and so they're looking for a new location, which will be more centrally located. But you know, having a mom and pop boutique where you can test drive toys, meaning on your hand, or you know, kind of feel the intensity of one Lilo versus another Lilo, or know my bot, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, just so much more sensible to be able to open a package and feel and see the intensity or the shape or the mode for changing the vibration or the the whir or the. And you know, so when you get it, you know, it isn't like, oh. Good grief! How am I going to operate this thing? Exactly, now, and we have, you know it's customized. People need to find out what part of their body really sings for them when it, it comes to sexual pleasure. Thank you, because we all know each one of us, our nerves don't respond the same <laughs> right. way, and you know, and thank goodness they don't, or we'd all be doing exactly the same thing, which would be really boring. Now That's we right, have probably boring enough. 
Well, really, oh. yeah, well, that's, that's because we keep doing the same dance steps. But yeah. now, my yeah. guest this evening is Dr. Patty Britton, and when we come back, we're going to talk about things that surprised her at the ASEC conference, things she'd like to see, the changes, and what I really, what I really want to know is what some of your best and toughest cases have been. <laughs> That's always my fave. <laughs> Please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on TogiNet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDeswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And tonight, with my guest, Dr. Patty Britton, we're going to cover some of the things that she found, um, having been you know, attending and moderating and presenting, at the most recent ASEC National Conference in Austin. So, Patty, highlights, the ups and the downs. Oh, it was such a diverse set of offerings. I really enjoyed the plenaries, which are the main keynote speaker type events where everybody Mm -hmm. gathers in the ballroom. It's really fun when that happens. 
because usually those are the cutting-edge themes. And one of them that really stands out in my mind is the new guidelines for working with transgender populations. And this is an Was area... That Walter? That was Walter, Walter Bofting from the <laughs> yes. University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He, he, first of all, I've known Walter for years because we've been leaders in the sexual organizations um, in this field and have often found ourselves in board meetings and discussing policy and all that. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard him speak. And it was so wonderful to hear Walter, who's such a great guy and such a great mind, mm-hmm. talk about the new guidelines for WPATH, which is the new organization name for what used to be the Harry Benjamin Society. And it's the organization that is about transgendered health standards. And the standards of care were just revised very recently. And he was talking about the paradigm shift. And I think this is so important to understand for any of your listeners, that we used to have standards of care in our field that really were for the clinician to be the gatekeeper that kept the trans person back from getting access to care that person wanted. And it was really a a kind of above-the-client gatekeeping function that made the client jump through certain hoops. Now, I'm not saying that that wasn't important because somebody may say, because they're confused, for example, I've had clients come to me who have said, oh, my God, I think I'm transgender. I like wearing women's clothing. And, in fact, what that became for them was an outlet for sexual expression through a gender shift. That really wasn't about who I know myself to be is the other gender and I'm going to have surgery or go Mm -hmm. on hormones. This is it can be a fetish, it can be something that is arousing, that can be a healthy sexual expression or an outlet for someone without right. having to be identified as transgender. So the shift in the guidelines was really toward the client being empowered. This is my theme in life. We all deserve to be empowered to make informed choices. And we're in charge of our life, not another conductor on this train, right? Yeah, not, not a therapist. Not, not, not a therapist. Stopping. So that was a really, really important shift toward a pro-client focus in terms of informing clinicians how they need to be prepared to address the needs of the trans client. It was a beautiful, beautiful change. Right. And uh, that's a national change. Right. I mean, Walter is phenomenal, and being on the um, leadership council at University of Minnesota where the first endowed chair in sexual health is, which is seated by Eli Coleman and Walter and Eli working together, programming human sexuality. Uh, There isn't probably anyone who's, like, he's one of the best of the best worldwide. And so I'm I'm sure Walter was able to, as we say, spread his pearls of wisdom for everybody. He was. And um, the other thing that was really interesting in terms of the the big meetings is that it it began with um, a woman, Deb Levine, who is fantastic, talking about Mm -hmm. technology and its impact on youth and youth's impact on technology. And it really kind of echoed what we assume, which is that social media is how peers get their information. Right. And that we as adults. And clinicians and educators better get tech savvy if we're going to relate to you. So that was really kind of an affirming session. But the last one was by a woman who really rocked the house. And 
It was a very inspiring and very emotional experience. She's Reverend Yvette Flunders, who's from the United Church of Christ. She's a um, a bishop and a reverend in San Francisco and a real social change agent. And what was so profound is that she was talking about her own journey as an African-American woman and and as someone who is an out lesbian. And it was beautiful to hear her perspectives about sexual diversity and our right to sexual freedom. And, and you know, I don't know if you know, um, we're having a board meeting this weekend here in Los Angeles for the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Alliance, which is not ASEC, but many, many of the members of Woodhull are ASEC members as well, and I'm the board secretary. And that has as its mission really the affirmation that sexual rights are human rights. And so mm-hmm. it was this wonderful healing message from this woman, including gospel singing in the beginning and holding hands and singing a gospel tune at the end, which was wonderful wow. for community building. You know, as as ASECT, we need to have more heartfelt connectivity. And a lot of us feel that we do our work in isolation alone, even though we may reach millions or thousands of people through our writings and our podcasts and our radio shows and our speaking, sometimes I think we tend to feel like we're kind of all alone, the cheese that stands alone, because we do live in a climate culturally and sociologically where positive sexuality may be what many of us believe in, but there's a lot of negativity that's shutting down access to sexual freedoms today, right? Uh, uh, There's no question. So it was a really, um, really healing and wonderful opening. So would you like me to tell you some of the highlights of the sessions that I attended? Absolutely. Okay, so without sounding in any way that I'm invested in this, we got a lot of feedback about the panel that I was on, which was one of the new trends in sexuality education and treatment was really about the integration of a holistic way of working with clients. And Mm -hmm. Gina Ogden, who's one of my dearest friends, as are you, and someone I respect dearly as well, is one of our elders in the field. And, And she's really a researcher, a clinician, an educator, and even a shaman who is able to put together the integration of spirituality into sexuality. And she talked about the ISIS wheel, how she how she blends together body, mind, and spirit. And I talked about my model that I use when I assess my clients and I develop action plans for my clients, which is the MEBS model of mind, emotion, body, energy, and spirit. And we also had two other speakers on that panel, one of whom is a dear friend of mine, Linda Savage from San Diego area in California, who talked about using a sacred approach for working with couples in healing their sexual wounds and getting them into sexual ecstatic sharing. (laughs) And that was just fabulous. And then we ended with this amazing woman, Chelsea Wakefield, whom I hadn't met before from North Carolina, Uh who works with Jungian archetypes. And to put it in kind of regular talk, it's our inner cast of characters and how they help or stop us in having great sex. <laughs> it was really fun. So like the, the, the little girl or the teenager who got told, told that, you know, it's bad for you to do this or the young woman who got scolded by her husband or they all yes. are the people. Who were in. So you're not in bed by yourself. You're in bed with about eight other people. 
at least eight. And what she does as the therapist is she helps identify that cast of characters and she interviews them. (laughs) So cool. So did she use herself as an example or who did she use? Well, what she did is she said, so... Um, maybe part of your inner cast of characters, the playful side of your sexuality, is a puppy dog. Let's all stand up and let's shake our tails like a puppy. But then in comes the principal who says, you're bad. You should be ashamed of yourself, pointing the finger. What does that energy feel like? Or maybe you even have an inner priest who is very stern and, and, and says, no, only sex before marriage, which may be a good choice for some people. Or you have someone who is an exotic belly dancer. What does that energy feel like? And what messages are those four parts of you giving you about mm-hmm. your sexuality and how does that affect your relationship? Isn't that cool? That is, because you know, what it then also does is it removes, it's, because it's also, you're not necessarily in control of those, they're just there. Precisely, they're inner voices or energies that are influencing you whether you know it or not. And in large part, I think if people are able to identify that, excuse me, the puppy dog just came knocking, um... (laughs) You know, they're going to have a completely different reaction than if they, it it seems like, oh my God, where did that, how did I just start acting like that? Well, because you're going to have fun. Yes, yes. And, you know, in, in my work and the work of most of my colleagues, when we have clients who come to see us, or with my case, speak to us on the phone or by Skype, because I work worldwide, What happens is that those clients are not happy. We don't have happy campers who come to us. Very rarely is there someone who just wants to know how to have a better orgasm. Usually it's I'm not having one or he's cheating or I don't think I'm good enough or I hate how I look. So it's really what part of you is stopping your pleasure and your happiness. Mm-hmm. Let's figure that out. Let's interview that person or that entity or that energy state, and let's liberate you. And that's really what the work is about. Now, okay, is there, we've probably about gotten another minute until our, our final break, was there one particular character type or inner cast of characters that was the biggest stopper? Was it the principal? Was it the mother voice? Was it the um, the priest voice? What was the one that was the biggest stopper that when people realized it, they could say, you're not running my life anymore? Well, in my work, I, I can't answer that from the example she gave because it wasn't structured in the way to answer your question, but let me just say briefly that it's always the voice that is the critic and that is shaming. Because okay. Toxic shame is the biggest impediment to sexual success. Um, thank you. So, and you know, why don't we have more work in the area of de-shaming things? And thank you. Thank you. But you know what? That's where you and I come in, my dear. And in our final segment, we're going to talk about, because we're going to go to our break here, um, my guest is Dr. Patty Britton. When we come back, we will give you her drpattybritton.com, and we will go over things that you might be able to identify with some of her toughest cases. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. 
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for Education to Excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to Excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Patty Britton, and if you would like to be in contact with her, her website is www.drpattibritton.com. That's drpattybritton.com. And she is based in Los Angeles area. And before the break, if so, if you want to know about Sex Coach U, that will also be linked to it. Correct, Patty? Yes. Yes. Okay. There are buttons at the bottom to okay. both Sex Coach U and my professional training site, which is the ISSR. Okay. Perfect. Now, the other thing that we did talk about before um, we got on the show was one film that was shown at ASECT, which I've seen throughout its entire development, is Mark Schoen's uh, film, Trans. The movie, right. Oh, which is, a beautiful, beautiful documentary. Yeah, which is so, so powerful. So if you would like to, you know, just talk about it for just a second, I'll, and I'll jump in, okay? 
Well, what's so interesting about the making of the movie Trans, um, which is by our dear friend Mark Schoen, as well as Chris Arnold, a wonderful filmmaker in his own right, mm-hmm. what's so beautiful is it really shows so many different people and their own journey or their stories about how they knew they were trans or how their families identified them as trans. And the most, I think, potent one of all is actually the the child. There's a little... Well, it's always tough to know how to define these people, but there's a little boy who identifies as a little girl, and it is so powerful to see this person talk about who I really am and to hear from the mother and father about how they've allowed this child to really claim her own identity. It's very, very beautiful, and the stories are really powerful. And it's an important part of our population. I have have a speaker who often comes to my trainings who comes from the trans community and often says, if we look at the various entities along the spectrum of gender and we look at how many people in the world really have some alteration on what we think of as the binary norm of male or female, woman or man, it's mm-hmm. like one out of four people have a variance. <laughs> so what was so cool is that Mark is such a dear friend, and we've known him, I've known him since 1980, so we're old friends. Mm-hmm. What I loved is that he also received the audiovisual award from ASEC, and it was oh. a beautiful moment when he when he thanked us for that. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah he is. Important. He's also, you know, he's a, a powerful educator in his own right. So tell me, my dear, we have, you know, about 10 minutes left in the show here. What I'd like to know, and because I know when we share examples of cases where, you know, things that have been difficult to unravel or complicated things, invariably there are people who identify with what it is or identify with a section of something. That's right. That's because... Right. Well, you know, when you and I speak, we look to give an example without the without the shame, without the blame, and just give the information. Yes. Well, you know, um, there are so many difficult cases because in my book I write about this as well. We live in a very information-laden era where you can just click a Google search button and go look for information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I know there are great books out there, including and especially yours. I, I recommend your books all the time. And also there are great DVDs and, and websites and ways of learning how to meet your needs. By the time a client comes in to seek out a professional like myself, they're pretty savvy and they've tried a lot of things, so they really need for us to get very sophisticated about how to help them. And still today, this has been true for years for me, the most difficult and challenging client is the most common client, and that's the client trapped in a sexless relationship. That means sex less than 10 times a year. Sometimes we say six times to 10 times a year. And most of my clients who show up haven't been sexual and they've been in long-term committed relationships. They haven't had sex in two to five years. That's the norm. Mm-hmm. And they're living together in a sterile corporation. Mm-hmm. And they've stopped touching. So what I find is that 
there's such a terror of how do I get back in the game, and there's such a feeling of inadequacy. There's a sense of shame, again, that shame theme. Right. That we stop being sexual, we don't know how to get back into it, I'm afraid, I might not be good enough, he's worried he won't be able to stay or get hard, she's worried she won't be orgasmic, and there's a sense of doom and gloom about it. And often they stop being affectionate, they stop being playful, and touch goes off the radar. So I've developed a continuum of touch that I teach my clients the five levels of touch in my book, Mm -hmm. where I talk about how to allow each other to use touch messages to connect. We need to connect. And so many of my clients are so starving for touch, not just sex. And And I think that's universal. Both women and men, right. Both women and men. But I think the most challenging issue is what we call the love-lust dilemma or the lust-love dilemma. And what I loved about the conference is I was so I was just so honored to be able to be the moderator for a good friend and colleague of ours, Dr. Stella Resnick, who wrote the new book, The Heart of Desire. And when we have, when we look at our biology, we talked about that earlier, we know that we're programmed biologically to start lusty and end in what we call companionate love. Mm-hmm. And and the the heat is gone. I mean, we can love someone and we can even enjoy sex, but that fire isn't there. That passion is often missing. And so how to overcome the lust-love dilemma is really spelled out beautifully in her book, and she talked about it in her lecture. And that's really it's very interesting to me because it allowed me to look at things from the kind of new lens of integrating neuroscience and gestalt therapy and um Playfulness and the and the science of attachment, which is very big today in psychotherapy, how it is that the the mother and the infant bonded, unfortunately, sets a template. Sets a template. template. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my words went backwards. About how we relate in terms of intimate connecting as adults. And how do we change that as we bring our bodies together and and we allow the body-to-body connection? It's so body-based. And, and it gets back to the sexless couple. If we bring the body back in, just as in good sex therapy, we bring sensate focus as the primary means for reconnecting body-to-body, a lot of the rest of it begins to click into place. And what we see is those walls of of distancing and of coldness and of not knowing where to begin or how to get back, those walls begin to melt. So that's how I see it's such a it's such a universal issue for people who come in for sex treatment, whether it's coaching or therapy or counseling or even educational workshops, they've lost the lust, they've lost the heat and fire and they need to know how to reconnect that. Now the most difficult client to me, and I'll tell you my clients um, often, you know, laugh when they come into the first session and they say, well, we're here to re-spark our relationship because we want to get back the spark. And I say, really? So let's talk about the first time. Was it there in the beginning? And they say, no, it never was there. We've always been like buddies <laughs> or friends. And I say, honey, how can we re-spark what was never, never there? Never there. Okay. <laughs> So maybe I can give you some tips on how to boot it or boost it, but, you know, chemistry is something that you can't really rewire if it wasn't there in the first place. No. So how do I get you to good enough sex, right? 
Well, and you know, I think we also have we also have on occasion the attitude by people that I I'm not going to be able to find it inside of myself when in all actuality they can. That's right. That's and right. that going back to be responsible for you. I mean, we can give people the tools, but if they're not willing to use them, there's not much we can do. That's right. I mean, you know, if they're not willing to walk up behind their partner and hug them or to touch their shoulders or to roll over and cuddle at night and have that be something, because it's the the anxiety of I'm not really sure how to take that next step for couples who haven't been intimate for a while. That's right. That's but right. what I tell people is I said, look, just think of yourself as a beginner. And here's the thing that's great about beginners. They're not expected to know. So, yes, you may have had sex a thousand other times in your relationship or your marriage or whatever it may be, but you're at a different place right now, that's which means you have to, you have you will have different emotions. You will have a different sort of reaction. Your body may respond differently. You may need more sensation. You may feel particularly, you know, you may need to have a good lubricant. Don't say and think you should be the same way. Are you wearing the same clothes that you did 15 years ago? I hope not. <laughs> You're so funny. Back to the clothing. Here we are. Again. Exactly. Back to the presentation. <laughs> But it's true. It's true. <laughs> it is. You're so you're so creative. I love it. Well, and I think you know when we look at who's out there in the world, we're looking at 70 to 120 million baby boomers who, over the next waves, are looking for ways to stay juicy. And uh-huh. as we serve those clients, we need to know what does aging do to the psyche, to the emotions, to our body image, to our functioning, to what are we wearing? <laughs> exactly. What are we not wearing in the bedroom? Um, and And that's really part of the call is, looking at an aging population who are going to be seeking out sex coaching, for example, we need to know how to resource those people and how to validate and normalize. Those are the magic words in all great help is to validate and normalize. The most prevailing question for any sexuality issue is, am I normal? Thank right. you. And, Thank you. That is, and, that is so true. Now, we have 30 seconds, Patty, until oh, we are. Darling. I know. I know. Now, my guest this evening has been Dr. Patty Britton. You can reach her at www.drpattibritton, and she's based here in Los Angeles. You can reach me at www.loupaget.com or office at loupaget.com. And, Patty, as always, thank you for being on, and we will be in touch about the other things that we are talking about for Sex Coach You. Thank you, darling. It was my pleasure. You're awesome. Bye-bye. Bye now, Patty. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.